Good day to you, Probers. Howdy, howdy. And fuck you, Greybeard. Hey. This is But It Was Aliens, the extraterrestrial comedy podcast where we probe the shit out of anything extraterrestrial for the safety of all humanity. We don't ask for anything in return, but if you could tango slap some sense into anyone you know that's not listening, that would be greatly appreciated. You're inciting violence there. Well... Sometimes it's needed. Today's case covers not one case of alien abduction, not two cases of alien abduction, but three cases of alien abduction in the same year. They do say that good things come in threes. Do they? They do. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So if you only come once in ones, it's not good? Think about how good that would feel if you did it three times. Completely off topic here, but you ever heard how long a pig can ejaculate for? (laughs) No! (laughs) Isn't it like 28 minutes or something? Ah, that would be both amazing and painful Painful. at the same time. (laughs) Would it be worth it though? (laughs) Square, piggy! Case number one takes us to Ermington, Plymouth. Plymouth, UK? Yep. And into the back garden of a lady who only wished to be known as Mrs. John. Oh, God. (laughs) Mama, you've been bad. It's February 1978 and Mrs. John is in Uh, her garden hanging out her washing. Sorry, (laughs) Mum. This is going to be bad. When she noticed in the distance a bluish white light heading her way. She stood there watching it as it drew nearer and nearer until it was right on top of her. She recalls that it hovered about a 100 foot above her and before she knew it, she was surrounded by a bright light and found herself rising towards the light. Right, well, she is clearly honest and trustworthy, so this is a yes. <laughs> Three cases, three <laughs> abductions. Are they going to all be the same person? Or am I gonna nope. find- okay, brilliant. They are three separate... So, when we conclude, can I say yes, no, no? Yes, I will allow that. (laughs) Mrs. John is a yes. I'm vouching for Mr. I know nothing about this case whatsoever. Um, Light in the sky. Bluish white light. So she recalls it, so she hasn't been neuralised or memory wiped. Clearly haven't just been watching Men in Black. (laughs) We saw the end of the newest one. Yeah, yeah. Looks shit. International. (laughs) We won't lower ourselves to those standards and watch the whole thing. We've just seen the ending. (laughs) That's how you should always watch films. Exactly. So Mrs. John saw three beings, which she describes as looking like tall men. They were all dressed in what looked like skin-tight, shiny, metallic-looking suits. Metallic gimp suits. Or suit suits? Probably like onesies. Gimp suits. Gimp suits. Okay, metallic gimp suits. I've got an image in my mind. (laughs) And also had on what looked like a balaclava. Although scared, she was given the impression that no harm would come to her. It doesn't go into detail how she was given that impression. Maybe just how they were around her, I'm guessing, in terms of their mannerisms. Or maybe they spoke to her telepathically. Although she doesn't mention hearing a voice. You're giggling away there. I'm waiting. Next thing she knew, she was back in her garden. Seconds after this realisation, she felt a sharp blow to the back of her neck. She claims it didn't hurt, but it did stun her. It also dawned on her that she'd been stood in her back garden for a much longer period of time than she should have been 
and the washing still hadn't been hung on. Ah, oh, she left the housework. My gosh, come on, Mrs. John. Those children need those clothes. Right, what I was chuckling at, I've got to try and remember my line of thought now. She saw someone in a balaclava and she felt they meant her no harm. <laughs> When have you ever been approached by someone in a balaclava, meaning you no harm? Balaclava. You see a... <laughs> balaclava. <There we> go. <laughs> Sounds better. Balaclava. <laughs> Lost it again. Damn it. Like, if you... I would say primary school. You wore a balaclava? No. A few people at primary school wore them when they were younger. Um, simply like when it was winter, they had them on. Pussies. <laughs> what and the name meant no harm. What did they grow up to do in life? I have no idea. I, I can't even remember who they were. They grew up to be pussies. <laughs> so no voice. Nope. Meant her no harm. And then she gets whacked in the neck. <laughs> we mean you no harm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mrs. John has got a bit of a deep, croaky voice there, hasn't she? She has. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded weirdly sexual. The oh. noise that you're used to hearing when you put on a balaclava. <laughs> I no. can't even remember what you said the creatures looked like over there in gimp suits and balaclavas. I can't say That's balaclava. <laughs> <laughs> on the assumption that she finished hanging the clothes out on the line, because it doesn't actually say that she did, she goes to bed. The following days and weeks, she started having strange dreams about the incident. This prompted her to get in touch with Contact UK. I tried to look them up, but I couldn't find anything. Um, whether this is a coincidence, I'll leave that for you to decide. Kind of want to Google them now. But at the time, Contact UK were one of the biggest British UFO organisations. And a senior member by the name of Bernard Delaire said that... The Fresh Prince of Delaire. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me. Can we call him Prince? So the Fresh Prince of Delaire said that they were taking her case very seriously as it was in great detail and shared similarities with other cases that they were aware of. Okay, I really hope this doesn't lead to like um, hypnosis. Although I don't know how we're going to get more details out of it if it doesn't. She was just in a garden, got whacked yep. by someone in a balaclava. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Where the fuck are the aliens? <laughs> Well, she got taken up in the ship first. She doesn't remember that. Well, she remembers going up in the beam. Did she? Mm-hmm. I thought she was out about to hang her washing up, got whacked in the no. back of the no, neck. No, no, no. That's when she was put back. Sounds like she could have had a stroke or something, to be fair. Oh, Mrs. John. Contact UK. Sounds like a lens company. More, Does, doesn't it? More than a UFO investigating company, yes. Case number two. Ooh, we're zooming through. Now, the article worded their first line in such a way that it sounds weird until I looked at the picture that accompanied it, and now I'm all sorts of confused. So we're just going to start with that line. Okay. So, June 1978. John Mann, his wife Gloria, and his sister Frances, along with their two children. Frances? <laughs> We're driving home from Reading, Berkshire to Brockworth, Gloucestershire. Right, here's a picture of the family. Yeah, that's a yep. pretty standard family. Wait, how many children were there? Two children. Oh, I thought there was three. What did I think there was three? It's John. Let me read that first line again yeah, for you. Thank you. June 1978. Yep. John Mann, mm -hmm. his wife Gloria, 
and his sister Frances, along with their two children. So this is like a family photo with a married couple and their children and then a sister creepily inserted <laughs> into it. That looks so... Mm. So is it, it's not just me that finds that a little weird. Yeah, yeah, that's... You don't generally get, like, someone's sibling in a family photo. Like, if it's the whole family, absolutely. Yeah. Or if it's all the children, absolutely. But you're looking at a proper family photo here. Husband, wife, two children. And then creepy sister, who John clearly has an overly close relationship to. The way they've also worded it makes it sound Wait, like was the it two... John Man? Yep. John Man. So makes we've it got... So... <laughs> Makes it sound like the two children could be between him and his sister. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, I picked up on that, yeah. And then that picture just makes it worse. Mm, So he's potentially sticking it to his sister. I can't vouch for this, John. (laughs) That, no, just no. So we've got Mrs. John, another John. What are you doing here? (laughs) The last one's called Kevin. (laughs) That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? So anyway, I digress. They left Reading at approximately around half nine in the evening and expected to be home at about 11. This is a trip they'd taken multiple times, so knew it and the time frame well. They passed Stanford in the Vale. The Vale! Which is part of Oxfordshire at around 10 o'clock. The children were asleep in the back and ahead of the car appeared a bright white light. The adults were perplexed as it was too big to be a star, but they could also see the moon, so didn't know what it could be. This object kept its distance in front of them for about a mile. Ooh, this is interesting. I've actually heard a couple of cases like this, where either a vehicle is tracking a strange object in the sky, or a strange object in the sky that is not a star, but is too small to be the moon, or the moon could already be seen, is tracking a vehicle. Mmm. 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 you stole my line. <laughs> Also, I particularly enjoyed, I don't know whether you said that to pop me, but was it they left Reading approximately around? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm going to need to know more more before I have anything to say, really. They're they're being followed by a light. Is it the police? The light's in front of them. Yeah, but are they being tracked due to the incest? (laughs) Don't tell me that he ain't sticking it to the sister. Wait, is it it his sister or is it his wife's? Yeah, it's his sister. His. That's a creepily over uh, close relationship. Blah, I just feel dirty. I want to have a shower now. That picture's so the weird. The more I look at it, the more uncomfortable I feel. Have you noticed how in the photo there's a little white dot in the top right hand corner? Mm-hmm. They were being watched even then. <laughs> so without going to the article where it points out who's who, you can't tell who's the sister and who's the wife in the background. No, not That's at all. That's how weird it is. Maybe there's more of these photos out there than I realise, and it's just not how I was brought up. But to me, that is profoundly unusual. It's weird to me as well. I've focused on that more than the potential alien sighting, <laughs> to be honest, because, yeah, that's just... <laughs> You're a creep! <laughs> Instead of slowing the car down or opening a window, John pulled the car over in an attempt to hear if there was any weird sounds coming from the object in front of them. No sooner had he stepped out of the car, that's when John knew (laughs) that he'd fucked up. up. Well, 
he didn't because he was in a trance-like state Oh! until his wife screamed at him to get back in the car. This high-pitched wail shook him out of his trance and he jumped back in the car and floored it. Once that buckshot of adrenaline had worn off, John noticed something odd. They were no longer travelling along the A417, but they were speeding along a small windy road. The kind of small windy country roads we have here in England where you can't see anything oncoming because of the hedges and bushes at the side of the road. Those roads are teasers. I hate driving along that. Yeah, because they kind of feel like you need to put your foot down because there's nothing around, but you don't know what's coming around the corner and you can't. Mm Mm-hmm. Had to drive one of them today. You probably have to drive one every day where you live. Not as often as you'd think. I think often. John recalled that he felt that if he took his hands off of the steering wheel, the car would have driven itself. He's got a Tesla. Something that I urge none of you to try. You're not Michael Knight and you're not driving Kit. Ah, oh, Knight Rider. Fucking loved that show as a kid. Do you know, I quite liked it, but I struggle to remember it because I was so young when it was out. Knight Rider. A shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. And then it had that fucking awesome theme tune. Was he a man in black? Man in black. (laughs) Pronouns, pal. (laughs) Buster Rhymes remix the the intro. Fire it up. That's the one. You have no idea how much I loved and would still love to have that car. That's a pretty big jump from your car to Knight Rider car. You've got a mini. <laughs> Clubman S. Don't okay, forget I was, I was about S. to say Clubman. <laughs> but still, that's a big jump from that. I don't think get. I can fit into a normal mini. <laughs> yeah, so, you pro- you, your ass wouldn't get in there. <laughs> <laughs> so I obviously know that the turbo boost button made no sense. as it somehow seemed to launch the car every single time you pressed it? As if there was a ramp there. But every single time it got airtime, that was cool as shit. Just look at that car, that picture in there for you. Yeah, that is a pretty cool car. What sort of car actually is it? That is a so 1982 Pontiac, Pontiac Firebird yeah, Trans Am. Did they go out of business? No idea. But if there's two cars in the world that I would give your left nut for... Whoa, whoa, whoa. It would be Kit. <laughs> Why my left nut? Well, I want kids at some point. Well, you've got two, haven't you? <laughs> I have nieces. What? <laughs> Man, you got two nuts. <laughs> we meant kids. Nieces. I said I wanted kids, and you went, "You've got two nuts." We were talking about nuts. <laughs> well, I wouldn't give mine. I'd give yours. Uh, you're not taking or touching right. mine. <laughs> There's that. And the 1967 Shelby GT500. So if anyone would like to ship me one of these, in return you'll receive my love and gratitude forever, along with a glass cube containing one of Kev's nuts. No, wait, 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 what? Preferably the left. <laughs> why, so, you know. why the left? Why not the right? Your knob always hangs to the left, like in general. How do you know which side my knob hangs <laughs> so, to? <laughs> in general. So I'm just giving you a little bit more room. <laughs> Take your own nut. <laughs> And also, could I get a 1967 Chevy Impala? Thank you. No. What, what, what do you mean, no? I'm not asking for it from you. If they're giving you a car and my nut is being taken <laughs> off, take it. All right, I'm giving your nut for a car. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm getting a glass cube. You're going to get home. There's going to be a glass cube sitting on a shelf in your room. <laughs> Waiting. Son. Son. 
What are you doing? Son. Son. Look, don't you want me to have the car slash cars of my dreams? Not at the expense of my left nut. How about the right? No. Fine. You're a shit friend. All right. Kev's left nut aside. I'll get that nut if anyone still wants it. What was that? Nothing. Anyway, as they turned another bend, they found themselves in Farringdon, Gloucestershire. But John had no recollection of passing the Welcome to Farringdon sign he would normally see. The ball of light was still behind them, although it seemed it wasn't chasing them anymore, but keeping a moderate distance away, as if it was keeping a watchful eye on them. Francis noticed that the light would disappear whenever they drove past a group of houses. Once they reached Sirenster, the light had gone. Arriving home, they assumed it was around 11 o'clock. They were shocked to discover that it was well past midnight. Frances then insisted on driving home in her own car to Stroud, which was several miles away. They put the kids to bed and then John called RAF Bryce Norton and reported the incident. How does he have the number? So I wasn't aware that the phone number for like <laughs> RAF bases was public information. That's mental. So the next day, John put his detective cap on and went to investigate the field where they saw the light. Clever John. And the windy road that they'd driven. But he couldn't find either. This made him think that maybe uh-huh. they'd experienced a group hallucination. But then they noticed that all of them had what it seemed like heat rash on parts of their bodies. And bruising below the right knee, which could not be explained. They all had a bruise on their right knee. Mm-hmm. The creepiest part was yet to come. After that night, the man's daughter Natasha started to experience nightmares. When Gloria asked about the nightmares, Natasha told her that she could see lots of strange people with funny eyes staring at her. And then they took mummy and daddy into another room. When pressed for more information, Natasha told her, you should know you were there. Well, of course they were there, because she just said they took mummy and daddy into another room. Wait, it was Gloria the sister. Gloria's the mother. Yeah, well, of course she was there. That is unusual, though. If you're... If you had a daughter, (laughs) and she said this shit to you... And I couldn't remember, I would be fucking tripping. But you had the mark on your knee. You should know, you were there. They took you away. They got the metal thing out. Lengthy. They bent you over a table, daddy. (laughs) Then they asked me to look the other way and I just heard a strange sound. (laughs) (laughs) The road itself had gone. Or he just couldn't find it. Yeah, that's more likely he couldn't find it because for a long windy road to be there and not be there doesn't even sound like something that an alien wouldn't do. (laughs) I'm not sure why you wouldn't check a map. And he was in a trance. Was he drink driving? There is no mention of alcohol. So they were never tested. He could have been drink driving. He could have even been really, really sleepy. But then if all of them experienced it. The most confusing thing is they all had the marks, the Mm. rash and the bruising on the right knee. Why the right knee? Is that where the aliens tested the reflexes? Possible. They had them all sitting on the bench, tapped the knee. Did anyone else have nightmares? No. Just just... the little girl. Mama, I can't sleep. Upon hearing about the nightmares, that's when John became adamant that something truly strange happened to them that night. John and his sister agreed to being put under hypnosis to try to discover the truth. John recalled that when he left the car, the craft landed in front of them about a hundred foot from the ground. I know, I know. How could it land a hundred foot above them? I don't know. Did it land? Did it hover? Either way. Uh, um... I'm going to let you continue. It's 100 foot above them. A mist seemed to permeate around them, in which John walked into. As he did, 
eight figures in tight-fitting, shiny, metallic Gimp. suits <laughs> with balaclava-like helmets walked past him and collected the women and children from the car. Hmm. They were then in a room with several tall figures. John was taken to another room and placed in what he describes as being very similar to a dentist chair. Only they raised his legs <laughs> and then they got a long metal device out. <laughs> he explains that a light was shone in his face and the beings that examine... <laughs> <laughs> Something about beans? <laughs> and the beings examining him were women. Okay. While one examined him, the other was stood at a console. The woman examining him proceeded to pull something from the ceiling, <laughs> oh. to which he blacked out. Oh. When John came to, there was a man in the room speaking with the women, but it wasn't a language John could understand. It's Welsh. But then he turned and addressed John in English. He actually spoke to him and told him that no harm would come to him. As he was getting the long metal device out. <laughs> it's like the one earlier on. That she saw the person in the balaclava. No harm <laughs> will come to you. <laughs> the tall man introduced himself as... Wait, didn't you say as a lady? There was a tall man in the room that addressed him. I thought you said they were all women. Two. When John came to, there was a man uh, okay. who introduced himself... As Anuxia. That's a very feminine name. John asked if they were on a spaceship and how it was being powered. The response he got was, I'll give you the ship's technology if you allow us to live on Earth. <laughs> John was shown a film which seemed to show a landscape which had been destroyed by some kind of disaster. It also showed Anuxia's people collecting bodies of their dead. What the fuck gives John the right to decide who can and can't live on Earth? <laughs> they were my thoughts exactly. Why would they abduct a random bloke who's banging his sister and his wife and two children who he's probably not banging since conceiving and ask for permission to live on Earth? What the hell? What the hell? And why are they in gimp suits anyway? What if by permission he means we take over your bodies? Ooh, why would you ever agree to do that? <laughs> I don't know. Dentist chair. <laughs> Firstly, it reminds me of Gaza. But secondly, imagine if every single time you go to the dentist, it's actually aliens. You know, that have you ever heard of root canal? Like when they get the drill out? Mm -hmm. It's like... <laughs> What if that ain't your tooth is being drilled into? Ow! <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. Uh. <laughs> Francis's hypnosis was oh, nearly... Sorry, I just had one more thought. John wants technology for the ship. Well, he didn't want it, he asked. He asked for it. Well, is no, he, he asked what it, it was, and they said, we'll mm. give you the technology. He was just curious. That's the first thing that came to his mind. Mm-hmm. Mm. Francis's hypnosis was nearly identical to John's. Where are you, boy? Until their examination. Francis had spoken with an explorer pilot named Uxiula. I have no idea yeah. if that's Uxiula. I'm just calling, gonna call him you. <laughs> Spoke with you. This <laughs> is gonna get very confusing. From their planet of Janos. Francis was also shown the same film as John, which explained why they wanted to live on Earth. Francis said that she was shown three planets Sarnia. Hold on. Sarnia. Planet of Sandwiches. Continue. Janos and Sartan. According to you, 
Saturn, which was closest to the sun, had come out of its orbit too close to Janos. As Saturn started to break up, meteorites started to rain down on Janus, one of which hit a nuclear power station, which sparked a chain reaction destroying the planet. Bloody hell, that's some sort of catastrophic event, isn't it? It is indeed. My gosh, how unlucky you are. There was a photo which she managed to get a glimpse of, which displayed a tall blonde woman with two young children. Dibs. (laughs) (laughs) She was told that they were the pilot's wife and child, wife and children, sorry, who had perished on Janus. Aww, that's sad. How did he get away? Anyone from Janus that could escaped on the mothership. (laughs) You read my mind. Which, when safely off the planet, sent out smaller ships to search for planets they could live on, Earth being one of them in exchange for technology. Both John and Francis made a comment about being given a colourless fizzy drink before leaving the ship. When they asked what it was, they were told that it would help them forget so that they couldn't be exploited. So these cheeky bastards could have traded tech for sanctuary and wiped their memory of the deal. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> we'll give you this if you let us live here. Okay, it's my right to let you live here. I'm going to let you live here. Thanks. Neuralized. <laughs> They've basically roofied them. Mm-hmm. Shocking. I had another thought, but it's gone uh, give me a second <laughs> just keep on thinking i want a sandwich now so yeah okay so the planet went kaput due mm-hmm. to nuclear explosion essentially if they are of such an advanced technology they can travel between galaxies why the frick are they still using nuclear power <laughs> such a brilliant face got no clue <laughs> yeah sorry I, that, I have no idea i like this second one as a story although i'm creeped out by the guy and the <laughs> sister but that i can't get on board with that part of this story if you're using some sort of energy source to allow you to silently travel because he got out remembering there wasn't a sound mm-hmm. if you're able to silently travel between galaxies across star systems you ain't using nuclear technology are you maybe it's part of a museum this is what we used to do would you keep actual I'm, I'm reacting nuclear I tech would. in a museum like that's like having a live t-rex in a museum how cool would that be? <laughs> reminds me of a film i just can't <laughs> think what it's called triassic field <laughs> yeah yeah something like that case three that's the magic number three <laughs> december 1978 this is a busy ass year John Day. Another John? <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you just Googled for people called John abductions? I see a pattern forming here. <laughs> Mr. Day was travelling home from Essex with his wife Susan and their three children after visiting Susan's parents in Harold Hill, London. We're off to London. London! The journey usually took them around 30 minutes to complete and this time it should have been no different. They left Susan's parents at around 9.30 in the evening. When they arrived home and put the kids to bed, they noticed that the clock on the mantel read quarter to one in the morning. What happened? Where did the time go? They started to feel confused and in the coming days, those feelings of confusion turned to fear as they began to have nightmares about strange, large-eyed beings 
Mm. These nightmares Ooh. started to become too much to the point they were afraid to go to sleep. Against what would usually be his better judgment, John contacted a UFO group which put him in touch with a hypnotist. Uh. John agreed to be hypnotised. He wanted to know where those three hours went, but Susan wanted none of it. And she didn't want her children to go through with it either. Did she remember more than she let on? Or was it fear holding her back? And maybe she can remember bits and pieces and that's why the fear was holding her back. But just rewinding ever so slightly, going back to the second one, that too had cases of people with large eyes. The do- didn't the daughter say in her dreams? There were people with big eyes. Mm-hmm. These two families have been visited by the same creatures with their nuclear space tech. (laughs) So they lost two hours and 45 minutes. And we don't know why yet, but I guess we're about to find (laughs) out. Come on, board! Come on, catch a ride! (laughs) The day of the hypnosis, John was conditioned to only tell what really happened. How do you condition someone to only tell what really... I have no idea. Hmm... I'm sure that's not how. As John drove the family home, he noticed that they were suddenly surrounded by an odd mist. In his rear view, he could see a bright light. The light landed in a field adjacent to them and then outshot a beam of light which lifted the car and dragged it into what can only be described as a spaceship. John then goes on to well, describe... I'm, I'm sure it's other things other than a spaceship you could describe it as. For example, an aircraft, a starship, space carrier. Into what can only be described... <laughs> As a spaceship. UAP. Fuck you. John then goes on to describe being in a giant room with three tall beings all dressed in tight, shiny, (laughs) metallic onesies and balaclava-like helmets. (laughs) Their arse... Their arse? (laughs) Their (laughs) arse? Their asses were Their asses were cut out of the gimp suits. (laughs) Cheeks only is how they shake hands. They rub cheeks together. Their, <laughs> their eyes were large, pink, and had no eyelids. Ugh. Somehow John knew exactly what they wanted him to do, so he walked through to another room, climbed on the dentist which chair, had something similar to an operating table in it, <laughs> and laid on it. Raised his legs, <laughs> and next thing he knew, he could hear a sound. <laughs> He says that a metal arm swung over him, scanning his body. Three smaller beings <laughs> then walked into the room and promptly started poking him with pen-like objects. Poking him where? But if you look, I have a picture of... What the hell is that? So that is an artist's rendition. What is that? <laughs> so we've got a man laying down on an operating table... We've got three fairly tall figures behind him that look like doctors almost, but with very large eyes and face masks. Yeah, they it's look... It's kind of like going to Sainsbury's during the pandemic. <laughs> they look like they're in surgery. Yeah, and then there are two, <laughs> probably about four foot, hairy, oversized hamster owls. <laughs> Imagine if you crossed a hamster with an owl. <laughs> what do you get <laughs> if you cross... <laughs> And hamster with an owl. My ass. (laughs) Basically, just really hairy little heads. Uh, You're going to have to post a picture. I can't describe it any better than hamster owls. Don't worry, I will. Very hairy. 
Oh, Ewok-like, actually. Oh, good. Imagine if Ewoks just looked a little bit more evil, kind of pointing your eyes, not really visible, or grumpy-looking mouth, certainly, if they're at all visible. Slightly pointing your ear, or actually more upright ears. Yeah, evil Ewok hamster owlboys <laughs> slash girls slash, Tight, shiny slash anything else john speaks about his walk through the ship and how the furniture seemed like it was molded to the wall he also says how he noticed a table with cubes on it for balls which had magnets attached which to him looked like some kind of game would you like to play a game and number one the next thing he remembers is driving home. Susan refused to be hypnotised, but she did share her tale with the News of the World, which was a hugely popular Sunday newspaper here in the UK, which yeah. no longer exists due to a massive phone hacking scandal. They were dicks. In which they would hack the phones of celebs and get info on stories. And that the rele- Fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> And a revelation on the 4th of July 2011 that nearly a decade earlier, a private investigator hired by the newspaper had intercepted the voicemail of missing British teenager Millie Dowler, who was later found murdered. Oh, God, yeah. I forgot about that part. So, fuck the news of the world. Yeah, that that's dirty, isn't it? I could remember like all the hacking of celebrities, but they were hacking like people, like the families of murdered or missing children, children and whatnot. They were yep. hacking the voicemails, weren't they? Arseholes. Back to Susan. Susan! Who claimed that she was covered in some kind of liquid Seen. before being prodded by some kind of pen. Probed. Which was held by some small creatures. She says, that she, <laughs> she says that she screamed, but then everything went black when a tall being in a balaclava put their hand on her head. Balaclava? Bala. Do you mean balaclava? <laughs> Just going back to those, uh, that photo a minute ago, they had like surgical masks, not balaclavas on. Ah, they look maybe more like... there were others though that did. Hmm, maybe. So they were covered in, what did you say it was? She was covered in some kind of liquid. And what do you think it was? Considering the prodding took place afterwards, I'm going to say some kind of lubricant. See, I was thinking it could be lubricant, but it could be disinfectant. If they're going to prod them up, they might want to make sure they're not going to get ill from them first. Like, when I cut your left ball off, I'm probably going to spray some Mr. Muscle on you first. <laughs> Need me that Impala. I'm, I'm putting you to sleep. <laughs> I'm never sleeping again, damn it. So, when you say they poked with some kind of pen, mm -hmm. do you mean probed with a probing device? Well, or was it body parts? I think it was body parts. So, they were repeatedly prodded as if to test so they could have been testing reflexes on the knee mm -hmm. poke and that's See why they all got they bruises because they all had really bad reflexes were they probed in the butt i'm going to assume yes simply because i'm assuming everyone that gets taken gets probed well they do that's fact we know that and it ended she faded to black mm -hmm. did before she faded to black did someone tell her or give her the feeling that they meant her no harm no she doesn't mention that ah uh, then we have a plot hole. Because I'm, I'm assuming if they did, she wouldn't have screamed. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she's not stupid. So there we have it. Three separate incidents, but are they connected? By name. We have Mrs. John, who was taken from her back garden. Sorry, Mum. We have the mans taken from their car. We have the days taken with the car. <laughs> All claim... I forgot the car was taken too. <laughs> 
all claim to have seen the same tight, shiny suited beings. Mrs. John's takes place in February, the man's four months later in June, and then 10 months from the first visit, we have the days in December. We have the evidence in front of us. I'll let you go over it again if you need to, but what I'll need from you is acknowledgement that this is aliens or that these are a bunch of untrustworthy Johns. Oh. Your call. You swine. I wish I knew more about Mrs. John's case because she more than likely got clonked on the back of the head by someone trying to sniff her underwear. (laughs) I'd love to say that that one was aliens, but I think that's very explainable. The second one, uh, he's trying to cover up for incest in some way. (laughs) This is like the children walked in on him Bone and his sister one night, and he explained it to them like that aliens. it was aliens, yeah, conducting experiments, and they were trying to help each other to get them out. <laughs> I'll help you get the chip out of you. He was knee deep in a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> knee deep. <laughs> they put that chip in really deep, <laughs> so deep. And the children were obviously horrified, but then when they found out it was aliens, that's actually probably a less disturbing thought than seeing your dad bang his sister. Are these people still alive? If so, I should probably apologise. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming yes, considering it was 1978. Yeah, you'd think so. I hope the children are okay. And then the last one, they took the car. We don't hear if anything happened to the car. Yeah, yeah. Was the car still working? I assume so. Otherwise, we really would have heard about it, wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not hugely believable. The aliens were wearing gimp suits in all the cases, but... Quite often when we do probe an alien incident and there's an actual alien creature involved, they are in suits and we wear spacesuits when we go into space. You'd expect some sort of suit to be there. So that's probably common sense to say they're wearing a suit. Makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily make it believable to me. Okay, well, mm, the second and the third I call bullshit. I'm not calling it strongly enough to say the song because it was quite fun to go through it, but don't believe any of it whatsoever. <laughs> the first one, see, Mrs. John. <laughs> I can't say that Mrs. John is bullshitting, can I? I think she was clonked by a human. Okay. So I'm not calling, to be fair, if this was, <laughs> if this woman was called Granville, I'd be like, she's full of shit. <laughs> no, no, I don't think it was aliens. I think she was probably, she either passed out, she might have had a seizure of some sort, or even a stroke, or worst case scenario, she had a dirty pervert neighbour who knocked her over the head to go and look at her washing that she was going to hang up, because people do that. Sniffy, sniffy, panty, panties. Fortunately. Okay. So I have a confession to make. If you've made these up. Mrs. John isn't actually Mrs. John. You dirty She bastard. didn't give her real name. But the name in the article that I got it from was Mrs. G. She was full of (laughs) shit. (laughs) She was full of shit. Why would you do that? (laughs) Because the others were called John. And I thought, that can't be right. They've all got to be John. Another, another G. (laughs) (laughs) She was lying. (laughs) Untrustworthy. So for me, no, I don't believe any of this is aliens. No, I'm not saying that it was aliens. I think maybe... The story of one got out and it was in the subconscious. Maybe it was in a newspaper and everyone read the story or heard the story. So that's why the connection between tiny men or not tiny men, but tall men in tight, shiny suits. Mm, It's quite generic at times, wasn't it? There's no outstanding fact 
that makes you think, ooh. For the second story, as I was reading it, I was like, okay, I, I could see this being a possibility. And then it was planet destroyed nuclear power station <laughs> i was like ah oh. they, they sharted in their pants and uh we'll trade technology for us being allowed to live on the planet and i in my head i said exactly what you said who the fuck gave him the authority to <laughs> be the one to say yes if aliens are intelligent enough to come to this planet they're unlikely to be stupid enough to pick up a random person and ask for permission although to be fair None of us have the permission to say who can and can't live here. So if aliens rock up, they rock up. I have that permission. No, you don't. Verified. Doesn't mean we won't give them a pro. Well, this has been another week of extraterrestrial tomfoolery. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tomfoolery? Tomfoolery. We take this stuff very seriously. These stories. These factual events that we've just said are not factual. (laughs) Factual events. Thank you for joining us. I've been Moonwalker. He has been Greybeard, and you can catch us next week here at But It Was Aliens. Until then, stay safe, and remember, the truth is up there. <laughs>